Now, some historical context as we dive into our text this morning. At this point in Daniel's life, he is serving underneath his uh, third king while in Babylonian captivity. Uh, Daniel went into exile as a Jew probably sometime around the age of 14 or 15. Uh, He was taken from his home. He was placed in a foreign land that was completely different than his. But now, as he is close to seven decades of living faithfully to the Lord, um, he's learned some things. Daniel has grown not just as a man, but also in his faith as he has lived in this, this world and in this culture that did not worship his God and that did not value his beliefs. In fact, in a lot of ways, the, the Babylonian culture pushed up against Daniel's God and his beliefs. But what we find is that Daniel stood strong even when his integrity came under fire. Even when there was the temptation to give up or to to give in, Daniel stood strong even when his integrity came under fire. And I believe that it has a lot to teach us. When we uh, walk through this world, when, when we live in a culture that is moving farther and farther away from worshiping the God that we worship or valuing uh, the beliefs that we find in Scripture that we have based and grounded our faith upon. The entire book of Daniel, and I think especially Daniel chapter 6, can teach us how we too can stand strong even when our integrity is under fire. And so Daniel is serving under King Darius. At this time, uh, history records King Darius as this administrative genius, and we see a little bit of that as we open up in Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It writes, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps, or these protectors of the kingdom, 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So so Darius is organizing his kingdom, and he looks at Daniel, who stands head and shoulders above everyone else, not because of his stature, but because of his exceptional qualities and his character and his integrity. And so Darius says to himself, I'm going to put that guy in charge. I have 120 satraps who are protecting my kingdom. I have three administrators watching over them, but Daniel is going to be number two only to me. Well, as you can imagine, uh, the foreigner being promoted to a position like this made everyone else a little jealous, made everyone else a little angry. And so they start devising a plan to take Daniel down. And this is the first lesson that we see kind of arise from this account of Daniel. When we are standing strong and when our integrity comes under fire, we should expect things like this. The truth is when God raises you up, you can expect others to tear you down. When God raises you up, you can expect others to tear you down. And some of you know just how true that statement is. When God raises you up, it is sad, but there are others who are going to try to tear you down. It's kind of like um, the the crab principle. If you've ever seen a bucket filled with crabs, uh, you know, you have all of these crabs there. And one of little brave guys like, I think I know a way out. And he starts to call up and he gets his hand right over and he's about ready to crawl up. And all the other crabs are like, no, you don't. Come back here. And they grab him and pull him right back down. That's what happens when God raises someone up. Don't be surprised when other people start to tear you down. You receive a promotion and the people that you think are going to be most excited about this are actually the people who are most jealous and critical. 
You start getting excited about your faith and your friends are like, hey, aren't you taking this whole Jesus thing a little too seriously? You know, other Christians in your life are like, well, you know, one day you're going to settle down and become a miserable, grumpy Christian just like I am. Just you wait. (laughs) Maybe God leads you to to downsize or to get out of debt or to become a stay-at-home parent when you could be making money and and, and you feel like you're doing everything that, that God is asking you to do, but people keep criticizing you, whether it be to your face or behind your back. You are raised up, but other people keep trying to tear you down. It's the story that we see here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so, again, because of his exceptional character and integrity. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so the administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, Issue the decree and put in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. And King Darius, like many people of power, probably wrestled with a bit of a God complex and said, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Didn't put a whole lot of thought to it, signed the decree, and off it went. So King Darius, verse 9, put the decree in writing. Now, this creates a bit of a problem for Daniel, and everyone knows it. The other administrators knew that Daniel was a man of integrity, a man of prayer, a man of faithfulness and devotion to the Lord. And so when they could not find any dirt in his closet, they created a situation that they knew was going to trap him and hopefully lead him straight into the lion's den. And so Daniel, in this moment, he has a little bit of a decision to make. He's faced with this dilemma, with this trial, and he has a bit of a decision to make. The first option in this decision is that he could just stop praying for 30 days. Right? He could just put it on hold. I mean, after all, it's only 30 days. It's only a month. He's 80 years old. He's had a lifetime of faithfulness and devotion and prayer to the Lord. It would have been easy for Daniel to say, hey, God, you know, I've been doing this for 80 years. How about you and I just take a break from this praying thing and we can reconnect in a month when it's a little bit safer for me? How about that? That's option one. And the second option is that Daniel could have faked it. And when it came time to pray to King Darius, Daniel could have done what uh, I did in my middle school chorus days. Um, he could have just mouthed the word watermelon over and over and over. Uh, if you've ever had to sing a song that you don't know the words to, that's all you can see. Some of you get that because you've done that. You just say watermelon. It looks like you're just saying what everyone else is saying. Like Daniel could have just mouthed watermelon and then faked it until uh, the 30 days had passed. He could have just stopped praying. He could have faked his way through it. But that's not what integrity does. 
That's not what integrity does. And Daniel is a man of integrity, and he chooses the third option, which is to just put his life on the line and to continue boldly praying to the Lord. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Say that last part with me. Ready? Just as he had done before. What in the world builds this kind of audacious faith? How does, does this type of deep faith be developed in someone where they are willing to stand strong even in the face of certain death? It's the same thing that will strengthen our faith when our integrity comes under fire in its prayer. Daniel was a man devoted to God through prayer. He had a habit of praying to the Lord that did not start when this trial began. It was a habitual habit in his life that somewhere down the line, he said, this is important for me to build my life upon, and so I'm going to be a man of prayer. Three times a day, Daniel prayed just as he had always done before. What we find in Daniel's life to be true, we can also find in our life to be true as well. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. Our response in any trial should never be to panic. It should always be to pray. An unexpected situation comes up. We're not sure of the future. If someone is coming against us, our, our, our response should not be to panic. It should always be to pray. And I'll be honest, I'm not there yet in my faith. Like maybe you are. I hope that you are. I hope that you're further along than what I am, but I am not there yet. I, uh, I tend to be a little bit of a worrier and control freak. And if my wife were here, she would say, yeah, why don't you stretch that out a little bit? I'm a worrier and a, and a control freak. Um, it's something that I wrestle with. And so what I do in my life, and you're probably not like me, but what I do in my life is a situation comes up and I like try a hundred different things to fix it before I'm finally like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should pray about this. Like, that seems like a really good idea. And, and meanwhile, God is so loving and incredibly patient and kind. And he's just waiting on me to stop panicking and start praying to kneel down before him so that I can have the, the strength and the faith to stand. Now think about it. I mean, how amazing is it that God even invites us to pray in the first place? When we pray, we come before the throne room of God. When we pray, we have access to the very creator and sustainer of the universe. When you pray, you have the audience of the living God who cares about the intimate needs and the intimate details of your life. You can petition the God of the universe at any moment of any day, we get to talk to God. How amazing is that? He hears us. He delights in you. He delights to move on your behalf because he loves you. He loves you so much. We get to pray to God. So it's no wonder, looking at his his history and his foundation of prayer in his life, knowing the power that is in crying out to the Lord, it is no wonder that Daniel's first response is not to panic, but to pray. And so he quietly 
went back to his room. He didn't make a big scene. He didn't make a big fuss about it. Again, Daniel understands, I am a foreigner living in a foreign land that does not worship my God or value my beliefs. He expected this. So he goes back to his room. He kneels before his God and he prays just as he had done three times a day up to that point. And God gave Daniel the strength to stand for him. Listen, when life gives you something that knocks you down, just go ahead and stay on your knees and start praying. (laughs) When life gives you more than you can handle, kneel before God in prayer and he will give you the strength to stand in faith for him. When your faith and your integrity come under fire, stop panicking and start praying. And the truth is, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are living in a foreign land. You are a foreigner living in a foreign land. The Bible calls us sojourners who are just passing through. This world is not our home. We belong to a greater kingdom. Our culture does not worship our God or value our beliefs. And because of that, at one point or another, your integrity is going to come under fire. At one point or another, you are going to be tested and you will have a decision to make. You can set your faith aside. You can fake it till you make it. Or you can be faithful. And so when your child wants to play in a certain soccer league, but you know that the time commitment to that league is going to take your family away from church, you have a decision to make. When your boyfriend is pushing you to do things that you know will displease God and and break your heart of purity before him, you have a decision to make. When you're faced with a business deal that would earn you a very nice bonus, but it lacks integrity, you have a decision to make. You can set your faith aside. I mean, you know, it's only a few months out of the year that we're going to be traveling It's only one night. It's only one deal. You can set your faith aside. You can fake it or you can be faithful. And in those times when we feel the cultural norms rub up against our faithfulness to the Lord, God invites us to kneel and pray so that we can find the strength to stand with integrity. And I wish that I could tell you that you would get up from that prayer and everything's going to work out the way that you hoped that it would. I wish I could tell you that. But I can't. The truth is, your child might miss out on a chance to play college soccer because she wasn't in the better league. Your boyfriend might break up with you and start dating someone else. You might miss out on a bonus or get passed over for a promotion because you didn't seal that deal. I cannot promise that living a life of integrity won't cost you something, that there won't be consequences or that people won't badmouth you or you're not going to be left out or looked over or end up hurting. The truth is you probably will. The only promise I can make is the third thing that we see in Daniel's life, and that's when you do the right thing, you can trust God with the results. When you do what is right, you can trust God with the results, even if the results aren't what you were hoping. Now, something I I oftentimes forget when I read stories like this, especially familiar stories like this, is that the people in them don't know how the story is going to end, right? 
They don't know how the story is going to end. And so in verse 10, when Daniel faithfully goes back to his room to pray, he has no idea what is going to happen next. He, he doesn't know that one day he is going to be a Sunday school lesson that is held up on a flannel board. He does not know that one day his life is going to be turned into a VeggieTales movie. He has no idea what is going to happen next. All he knows in this moment is that for 80 years, God has been faithful to him. For 80 years, Daniel has done what was right, and he learned through these experiences. He learned through these small steps of faith that when God is now saying, I need you to take a big one, that he can trust God with the results. Even if the results led him straight into the heart of the lion's den, Daniel was prepared for this moment because of his disciplined prayer life and the steps of faith that he had taken up to this point that taught him how to trust in the Lord. And so the people who had set Daniel up, they found him praying because they knew that they would. They turned him over to King Darius, who had no choice to have Daniel thrown into the lion's den. And, and King Darius is devastated by this. He's devastated because he loved Daniel, even though others were jealous of him. He's also devastated because he had been tricked in to all of this. He didn't realize it until afterwards. And so King Darius, he goes back into his palace that night. He refuses to eat any food or to receive any entertainment. Instead, he spends the night worrying about his friend. I have to imagine, because of how the story ends, that King Darius probably even spent some time praying for Daniel that night. And it's interesting that when you live a life of integrity, some people may mock you. People may come up against you or not understand, and you may suffer consequences for it. But there are others whom you are making an even greater impact on. There are others who have just been waiting to see a Christian really live out what they say that they believe. And, and, and when they see you taking this Jesus thing seriously, maybe it'll cause them to start taking this Jesus thing seriously too. Your integrity may very well be the thing that God uses to get someone's attention and to lead them to a place of faith. And we see this in the earlier chapters of Daniel in King Nebuchadnezzar's life. And now in, in, in Daniel 6, we see it start to play out in King Darius's life too. Daniel's integrity under fire starts to open up his heart to the Lord. And we don't know what happens that night in the lion's den. We, we don't know if Daniel got down there and he just started worshiping God. We don't know if he was afraid uh, or if he did what I would have done, which is hiding in a curl, corner curled up in a fetal position. Uh, we, we don't know what he did. We don't know what happens. All we know is what doesn't happen. All we know is that by the power of God, the mouths of the lions were shut. And first thing in the morning, King Darius, he gets up and he runs out to the lion's den and he calls out to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. And then verse 23, that's not up on the screen, but you can listen or follow along. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. 
And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted his God. And Daniel's faithfulness to God, God was faithful to him. And even if Daniel, God had chosen not to close the mouths of the lions, I am convinced that Daniel still would have said, I will be faithful to the God who has always been faithful to me. I will be faithful to the God who has always been faithful to me. That is integrity. Integrity is consistency of character despite the circumstances or consequences. When Daniel's integrity was under fire, he didn't panic. He didn't lament, oh God, why is this happening to me? He didn't fake it until the pressure had passed. Instead, he did what he has always done. He did the thing that developed this excellent character and integrity within him. Daniel got on his knees and he began to pray. And then he got up and he trusted God with the results. Church, we are foreigners who are living in a foreign Land. The world is not our home. This culture does not worship our God or value our beliefs. We should not be surprised when our faith leads us upstream and we feel like we are coming against our culture. In fact, we should be surprised and maybe even a little concerned if we're not feeling that, quite honestly. And in those moments, like Daniel, God invites us to get on our knees and to pray so that he will give us the strength to stand. He invites us to do what is right and to trust him with the results. He invites us to live a life of integrity, integrity, a life that consistently displays character despite the circumstances, despite the consequences. May he find us in that place as he did his servant Daniel. Would you stand with me as I pray? Father, thank you so much for the example that Daniel gives for us of how to live in a culture that does not worship you or value the things of your kingdom. And Lord, whether we want to admit it or not, we, we're living more and more in that type of a world. And we shouldn't be surprised. We know who the ruler of this world is. We know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these realms in the spiritual world where Satan is attacking and coming against us at every angle that he can find. And so, of course, our culture that is moving further from you is going to be a place where we find ourselves feeling more and more like outsiders and aliens. But God, may we not feel disheartened by that. Lord, may we not be discouraged. May we fall on our knees in prayer. And would you give us the strength to stand and shine as a light in this world, a beacon of hope in the midst of brokenness and despair, where people see us boldly living for you in a quiet, humble way, in a way that draws them and says, what is different? I need the hope that you have because this life isn't giving it to me. May our lives of integrity shine for you, God. And in the midst of that pressure, would you give us the grace and the strength to stand when our integrity is under fire? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.